This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. Hiya, it's the Concrete Rose Sunny Kiss, AEW wrestler, and you are listening to Busted Wide Open Podcast. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, our patron mailbag series, episode number 31. My name is Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. And yes, this is the show where you ask questions to us and we answer them, whatever they may be. And by you, I mean our lovely patrons. If you're not a patron right now, just head on over to patreon.com forward slash BWO. Sign up for one of our lovely tiers. And you, too, may ask us questions on this show that we will then be forced to answer. Not forced. We love doing this. What am I talking about? It's always a good time. But that's right. If you want to ask these questions, head over to patreon.com. And thank you to everyone who is already one of our patrons. You guys do keep uh, do help keep this show going. And we appreciate very much your contributions and your generosity. So, Nick, what do we have on the docket today? Well, we have a bunch of questions from said patrons. But uh, everybody should know, hey, come over to bwopodcast.com. Find all the links to all of our stuff. Get into Facebook. Make sure you're in Discord. You can find links in the description below or pinned across our social media profiles. We got live chats happening tomorrow night during Money in the Bank. Make sure you don't miss those. We want everybody in there. It's a lot of fun. Um, but any, ask anybody if you have any troubles. Ask me. Send me a message. Let me know. Um, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon. You did YouTube live streaming every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern. Then we do this show, the Patron Mailbag, specifically for our patrons. Thank you guys so much uh, for all of this. And it's sending in all your questions that are so good. Literally, guys, we're not kidding. It's not hyperbole when we say this is our favorite thing to do every single week. So we, we love all these questions you guys send into us. It really makes us makes our brains work and it gives us ideas for bonus <laughs> episodes for sure. <laughs> almost every single week. So yeah, yeah. yeah. this week we're I'll kicking off to- with Brandon who gets that title of first. Uh, you guys are given first. 10 wrestlers Ooh. and have to make a four match card with these wrestlers, including hangman page, Finn Balor, Daniel Bryan, Naito, Drew McIntyre, Britt Baker, Rhea Ripley, Asuka, Tony Storm, Sasha Banks. Also choose the placement of the matches mm. on the card and the results of each match. Also, is Dexter oh, Loomis goodness. going to be the next NXT? This is a, this is a hell of a question. Is Dexter Loomis question. going to be the next NXT champion? Uh, I don't think so. No. No. There's, there's too many other guys. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. I, I don't even think he's championship material. Not yet. He's, cla- he's classic upper mid-card material. Yeah. Uh, that gimmick is too strong. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, by that I mean that the gimmick itself is too much of a gimmick. 
uh, for him to be a champ. And NXT, uh, they tend to make very specific types of guys champs. And Loomis does not fit into any of those. Um, and they have a lot of other guys who easily could slot into that, like Velveteen Dream, like Finn Balor, like Karrion Cross. even, actually, at this point. Uh, Johnny Gargano could, could become champ again. Uh, Champa, like there's a lot of guys who they could, who I see being champ before Dexter Loomis. Yeah. But uh, even Keith Lee could drop the North American and, and go become champ before Dexter. I, like Dexter, Dexter's got to work his way up. I could see Dexter be North American champion at some point. Somehow get one over on Keith yeah. Lee. You know, right? And he's the kind of guy that would become North American champion. Right. Like that's that's where his level's at. Um, but that's not his gimmick is not conducive to being NXT champ no. right now. So definitely not the next one. Yeah. But, um, All right, Ian, so we got to do four matches, two men's matches and two women's matches. And so, okay. so let's, book, let's book two men's matches from the five superstar pool of Paige, Balor, Daniel Bryan, Naito, and Drew McIntyre. So I'm going to go Drew McIntyre. I'm going to go Drew McIntyre, Naito. Oh, you bastard. I'm going to go Daniel Bryan, Finn Balor as my two. I was going to go Naito and Brian. Mm, that'd be good too. Hundred, hundred percent. Oh yeah. And then, Ma- uh, and then McIntyre and Paige, just because I haven't seen that one, and that would be cool. Yeah. All right. Same um, thing for the ladies: Britt Baker, Rhea Ripley, Oscar, Tony Storm, and Sasha Banks. Uh, mm. I Britt and Sasha, maybe. I would love to uh. see Rhea Ripley and Oscar. Uh, I would love yeah. to see Sasha Banks and Britt Baker, even though they're very similar. That's not really a good one. Sasha and Tony, maybe. Sasha and Tony. So, yeah, okay. I think that'd be good. I'd get behind that one. I'll go with that. Yeah. That'd be a good one. Uh, Placement of the matches Naito, on the card and the results of each match. Um, okay. So, Sasha... I mean, for me, for me, Daniel Bryan Naito definitely headlines. At least for mine. I mean, for I for mine, it would be Drew McIntyre Naito. Just the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> You're not Have not going to gonna main event that one. Um, yeah, and I can't see even like the uh, a super match like Rhea Ripley Oscar wouldn't wouldn't main event over that. No. So for if I'm working uh, backwards, it'd be Drew McIntyre Naito, um, Rhea Ripley Oscar, Daniel Bryan Finn Balor, and we probably open with Tony Storm Sasha Banks. There you go. There you go. Nice. Uh, so who's who's winning? Uh, okay. So I think Naito. No, I'm sorry. I think McIntyre over Naito. I think what? I think Brian over Balor. I think Oscar over Rhea Ripley, and I think Tony Storm over Sasha Banks. Of course you do. It keeps the balance. <laughs> Hi, uh, Tony. In my in my in my world, uh, Brian would definitely put over Naito. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. But, he, yeah, he's not going to overcome Drew McIntyre, though. In mind. I, okay. Well, one's a champ, one's a double champ. You, you tell me. Oh. Okay. Just saying. <laughs> one's got two belts. Good question, Brandon. That's a lot of fun. We love that doing stuff, stuff like that. If it, if it hasn't been obvious. Uh, thank you for the <laughs> question and thank you for your patronage. Next up, Edward asked us if you, for a chance to play Truth or if yet, if you for a chance to play Truth, if you had a chance to play Truth or Dare with one wrestler, past or present, who would it be? What would you make them tell the truth about, and what would you dare them to do? Ooh, I've young me would this. say playing truth or dare with like ninety-five Sunny would be the greatest thing. <laughs> uh, but I'm an I'm an old man now, and uh, <laughs> I have matured, 
And I would be much more interested in like doing Truth or Dare with Vince McMahon. Yes. Um, because there'd be so much I'd want to ask him truth about. You know, what's the deal with Macho Man and Stephanie? <laughs> right. <laughs> For one thing. Um, there's so much crazy shit. Can you imagine that he's keeping close to the vest that we don't know about? Like, who booked this? Who did that? Why did you do this? So much. Um that I could get, I would, I would like. It's, it's why when people say like, who of, of anyone in wrestling, who would you want to interview? And I'm like Vince McMahon. Yeah. You know, just I mean, would I be able to take him seriously? No. But if it was, if he was like hooked up to a lie detector or had like a truth serum or something, and I could find out, like, oh yeah, that'd be great. Um, but as far as daring him, I mean, you know, it's Vince. You dare him to do anything, and he'd do it. Um, I don't know who I'd want to play dare with i don't know the more i think about this the harder it gets because there's such an openness now we have podcasts and we have interviews and we have yeah all of that stuff so a lot of the stuff that we would typically ask has been answered at this point and the only question is whether it's real or a work you know so i i don't uh, it's hard to not say vince um if we took vince out of the equation who would it be for you if it had to be a wrestler who would it be? Because that was, frankly, that's Edward's question. If you could, if you had to play uh, with a wrestler, who would it be? Vince is the obvious one for both of us. So let's remove him from the equation. Okay. What wrestler? Uh, you said past or present? Yeah, past or present. I, I think mine's going to be Ric Flair. I, th- I thought about yeah. I thought about this one several times, and and it's it's hard. Because we've had so many interviews with Rick. We've had the 30 for 30. We've had the uh, special on Andre the Giant where he had a big interview as part of that. We've had the recent thing with him on the Broken Skull Sessions with Stone Cold. So, I mean, there's not a lot that we don't know or we haven't heard from. But, I mean, I just I want to ask him questions. But he's... he's, What would you you dare Ric Flair to do, though? Pay his bills on time? Oh, see, he's caught up. (laughs) Is he? Well, according to the interview on Stone Cold's Broken Skull okay. Sessions, yes. <laughs> Wearing two watches, you never know. Right. Well, one's for his health. Right. I don't yeah. see no, Ric Flair wearing an Apple Watch unless it's taking care of his heart. Right. <laughs> right. He's not into hey, tech. Man, he wants got... the bling. Right. Exactly. You got one for tech, one for bling. Yeah. That if anyone can pull off wearing two watches, it's Flair. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I can't argue with that. That's I a almost really good said one. Hogan, but then he, there was an interview he did a few years ago, uh, uh in like, I would want to ask him some things, but I don't, again, I don't know what I would dare these guys to do. Yeah. What haven't they done? What hasn't Ric Flair done <laughs> that I could possibly <laughs> that's a, that's dare a, a him question. to do as that's some a, sort of <laughs> one up? <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, Start an eight ball and bang ten hookers on a private jet on your way to WrestleMania right before your ma- again you know, right oh I already did that I was like I was oh, like eighty two okay. to eighty five just <laughs> that was every night uh, I, that was a slow night he never did drugs though mm-hmm. never ever uh, yeah I'm gonna say Rick I'll, I'll mainly because I really just would love to have a beer with that dude one part Charlotte in North Carolina. You know, one part he's he's my favorite ever. So, mm. yeah, can't disagree. Yeah. Thank you very much, Edward. Uh, Esme, next up. Hello, Pod Poppers. Hello, top of the morning Hello. to you, Governor. Hello. 
We're, we just lost all of I our know. British listeners. I am so lot, sorry. Nick. Sorry, guys. Martin and <laughs> Nick didn't know what he's doing. That's okay. I did. I did an absolutely horrible Irish accent on the show today. So it, uh, yeah. that's half the fun. Is how terrible they are. Oh, I always laugh at everybody that's not Southern trying to do a Southern accent as well. So it's it's equally funny. I always la- I, I just laugh at people doing a Southern accent in general. Oh, yeah. So I'm from California. California is what we do. Yeah. So Andy actually came up with this question, she says. Uh, but he told me I could ask it if I wanted to. Using current wrestlers from any promotion, make a calendar. That's right. You know what kind of calendar I'm talking about. <laughs> the sexy kind. Twelve wrestlers that deserve to be on that calendar. Thanks, fellas. Keep your own time ticking. <laughs> the Esme thirst is real. Yep. Esme thirst has come back. Listen, I mean, this is going to get me in trouble. I'm going to come out of the gate trouble. hot of course with you Drew McIntyre. Oh, <laughs> a boy. Are we okay? We're right. So we're, we're making this for Esme. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, well I'm, assu- I'm assuming we're going to do a mix of men and women here. So I'm going to okay. I'm going to drop Drew McIntyre. I can't not say Tanahashi. Uh, <laughs> that is the most beautiful man on the planet. He really freaking God, is. He's like terrifying. I, I took a picture with him. He, I just, I, I'm, you're in his glory, in his presence. You're so, just like, oh my God, you're so beautiful. <laughs> I just, you don't know what to do. It's oh. not, like I'm well, not a, that- I'm not a huge Tanahashi mark like you are, but even how dare the you? The dude put his arm around me, and I'm right next to him. Right. Like, my God, what a specimen of a you. man you are. <laughs> <laughs> I am the straightest the southern white boy ever. Especially about the picture you got with him. It, so you know, for the rest of us, if we if we hit the the if we got our phone in our hands and we hit the little flip button, so the camera flips around. No matter what, whatever position you're in, it's the worst position you've ever been in, right. and you just look like some sort of weird, distorted slug. You're like, oh god, you got to fix the angle real quick. You took that picture from a random angle of Tanahashi, and he's at that angle that any. Oh, God. No. He's answering the question. Well, and S- Skype just exploded. Tanahashi must have been listening. Sorry about that, guys. A little, yeah. little blip. Ta- in they the- couldn't handle the beauty of Tanahashi. Blip, Where were blip we? Blip in the matrix there. <laughs> <laughs> you were talking about the angle of the camera. The angle. That yeah. I took that picture. You, you take, you take, you take the, the, you take a random picture and like you, you turn the camera around. You see yourself. And you look horrible. You did that to Tanahashi and the dude looked like a Disney character. He looked, he was flawless. That's uh, how good looking he is. He can the, even cameras can't get like even crappy angles on cameras can't get bad pictures of him. Right. Yeah. Okay. So Drew McIntyre and Tanahashi yeah. can't can't uh, those agree are, more. Those are two of my starters. What get you do the next two? We'll do this all the way up to twelve. Um, well, I mean, how do we not have after after all of the verbiage and everything that we've spilled on him already? Pause. Uh, how do we not have Angel Garza on that? Oh, totally. You got to have Angel Garza on there and Finn Balor. Uh, just just the two of them posing together. It's this. It's the dong month. Yes. Like you know. The month, of, the month of Dongtober, <laughs> something like that. Uh, you have them both, 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 both sprawled out on the calendar, legs akimbo. Oh yeah. In this, their little sh- tidy shorts. I mean, apparently Finn actually did that in Japan. He did some, he did some sexy male modeling when he was younger. Oh. Um, so, <laughs> to the to the Googles, Esme. Yeah. <laughs> Dongtober, she says. Dongtober. Yeah. Dongtober. Uh, I'm gonna throw some ladies in here. How about a Mandy Rose? 
and who else do people really go? How do you not already? How have you not already said Anna J or Tony Storm? I'm getting there. I was oh, okay. I was going back to read the question using current wrestlers from any promotion. Okay, that makes okay. this much easier. Uh, Mandy Rose, Anna J, Tony Storm. Naturally. Just I, <laughs> I can't not say Tony. Hi, Tony. Uh, yeah, get it out. Yeah. Um, I mean, we got to throw something in there for the ladies that like ladies. You got to throw Sonya Deville in there. She's looked like absolute gangbusters the last yeah. few weeks. Oh yeah. Like, dude, I. If you are a lady who likes the ladies, Sonya has got to be doing it for you right now because I I have just been in awe of her the last few weeks. So I've, I'm going to throw her in on this. Um, who else? Who else? Who else is steaming up? Steaming up the screen. So, so we've got we've got Drew Tanahashi uh, Okada. I got to throw Okada in there as well. Penelope Ford. Penelope Ford. Totally. And Kip Sabian. Her and Kip Sabian together are uncomfortably good looking. They could be one month together. The they, you know <laughs> power couple. Yeah. 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 Just uncomfortably good looking people. Yeah. Um. And then just to mess with everyone, have Jim Ross in a in a singlet for December. No, no, in like God, in like no. or like little like little little like leopard print tidies. You know, if, if we're being truly inclusive, we have to just to mess you I, up. I want to include uh, some people of color as well as little people. So I'm gonna put Hornswoggle in there. What? Yeah, we're we are. In How long do you think this calendar is? We're an inclusive show. I don't know. I'm just rattling people off. Um, mm. well, I mean, Bianca Belair, absolutely. I'm loath um, to not go back to the TNA knockouts and talk about Velvet and Lacey and e- oh, Io Shirai has to be in there, man. Well, I mean, she's she's got plenty of that stuff out there already. She does, and and that would go well on a calendar. Yeah. Um, Sheeta, Kyrie, they they all there's something about that with the Japanese ladies where they're they do very uh, skimpy. Photo shoots. Well, it's part of part of Stardom's model. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> business model. It's weird. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, there's a whole thing I've been wanting to get into on the show, and I haven't gotten around to yeah. it yet. Stardom's a Stardom's a little creepy. A little cringy. Yep. <laughs> little creepy. Um, <laughs> are we just like listing off all the hot people in wrestling right now? Is that what we're kind of getting to? I think so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you're a wrestler and we don't mention you right now I don't now, know, I, I don't know how many we've them. gotten to I think we've gotten to 12 I, we've, we've, we're over 12 okay. by now easily <laughs> uh, and I know we're forgetting at least a few oh, yeah. oh Sasha Banks has to be in there as well yeah. Mm. Um, as yeah, says, she's not thirsty know. she's outnumbered there's too many good looking no- people <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, that was a fun one. That's a that is an original. hadn't hadn't thought about that one. Thank you, I guess Andy and uh, nine nine tails month with Oscar, Kyrie, and Eo. That's that's great. Yeah. Good callback. Yeah. Yep. That's a good one. Uh, next up, Martin asks. We all know you love a question about recasting a movie. So how we about this to. one? The Justice League. From the crap 2017 movie. <laughs> Are now recasting with actors or with wrestlers? Uh, I'm assuming wrestlers. Okay. Because I was going to say, the fact that they didn't cast Haley Atwell as, as Wonder Woman is a goddamn crime. Yeah, fired. 
because I, I whatever her name is, or the fact that they wouldn't now. wait. I think it was uh, fourteen months because she was shooting another series. Yeah, she's shooting, and they wouldn't wait. So yeah. here's a little inside baseball for you guys. They wouldn't wait. 14 months for Haley Atwell. If you don't know who Haley Atwell is, she was the love interest of Captain America in in Captain America movies. Marvel movies, yeah. yeah. So Haley Atwell was teed up. Beautiful, curvy woman to play um, Wonder Woman. They wouldn't wait because he was already committed to do a series. So they went and they found Gal Gadot and they got her for a three-picture deal yeah, for, six, for like nothing. For $600,000. Jesus Christ. You know she renegotiated that crap. Oh, sure. Gal Gadot, I mean, she just she looks like a willowy little. Uh, we're gonna, I'm, you're going to get me off on some 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 tangent here because I can't stand Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. Like she's nope. she's fine, but she looks like this little willowy thing. Yep. She looks like a damn fashion model. Yep. And that's that's not my Wonder Woman. Damn it, my Wonder Woman is made of goddamn marble. Mm. She's six foot tall, built like a brick shit house. Kick your ass. She's an Amazon for God's sake. Yep. It's not a fashion model. Anyway, uh, wrestlers though, wrestlers. Uh, to play. So we got to do Superman, Batman, Aquaman, Wonder Woman. Oh, Jesus. And Cyborg. 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 Bobby Lashley is Cyborg. Sure. Done. That one's out of the way. Um, Aquaman, Roman Reigns. Boom. Done. Yep. Um, they already look alike. Um, Superman. Shoot. Uh, John Cena. <laughs> no, he's got the he's got the Elmer face going on these days, man. Doesn't quite work. Kind of works, but eh. big old square jaw. You put up, you put one of those like 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 black hair, a little with a little. I'll I'll do John Cena front. as 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 Superman. Superman. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Drew McIntyre is an absolutely enormous Batman. <laughs> Shapes face. I don't know. We're doing a lot of Drew McIntyre. Let's let's think of somebody else to be Batman. Um. Who's got like who's got that big old jaw? The big old head. Who would also be good as a Bruce Wayne? Brooding. Yeah, I could turn around and be like Seth Rollins. I see it. Also mm. kind of a little bit of a wimp and wants to overcome that, so goes to extreme odds and finds all these this suit and Goes out and fights. I get it. I, is it weird that I think he's too slight to play Superman or Batman? Like, not I guess in his current probably, character. Probably in real life, because I, I guess he's slight compared to everybody else on the roster. But in real life, he's the dude's juiced, so he'd probably be fine in the movie. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. yeah. I'll go with you on that yeah. one. Doesn't quite have the voice though. He's got kind of this nasally thing. Yeah, I am the knight. Doesn't quite work yeah. for me. <laughs> Um, but all right, Martha. let's just, let's, let's assume <laughs> Martha, Mar- Martha, Martha. Oh, all right. Let's keep moving. Thank you very much, Martin Quickly, was- to the bat, to the Batmobile, yeah. <laughs> to the bat, to the bat cane. Uh, and then Charlotte with her hair dyed black for one woman. Okay. Uh, sh- sure. I would go with like a Chris Statlander. I'm going. Uh, no, uh, uh, or Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley would actually be a good Wonder yeah, Woman if you dyed her hair black. I'll, I'll go with Rhea Ripley. All right. That's that's the size I'm talking about for Wonder Woman. Like just yoked, Buxom. like a chick, a chick who could bench press you. Yes. 
Uh, next up, Yardy asks, hey, guys, we know some musicians have huge personalities, so my question is which musicians would fit in the wrestling world as wrestlers or managers? Thanks for being awesome. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is um, I don't, I can't see them, a lot of musicians, unless you're talking about the, the guy from the hardcore video that you posted on, on our Facebook discussion group a bunch of times. Like, that dude looks like a wrestler. Yeah. The, the butcher looks like a wrestler. Most musicians are these scrawny little guys who, you know, spent their entire times growing up, you know, doing drugs and playing guitars. Uh, they don't, they're not, that's not going to work well in the wrestling world. And that's, that's where the big division is. You have the theatrical jocks who go become wrestlers and you have, you know, the musicians who go become musicians because they're not jocks. They're not out there, you know, working out. Um, but managers, now you're onto something. You know what I mean? Although, you know, they got some slider wrestlers these days. Like, I could see I could see Slash from Guns N' Roses being like an Orange Cassidy, where he doesn't never do anything. He just kind of, like, just sits there. He's always heroined out. I'm, I'm, um, a, I'm a huge fan of him, so it's obviously why I'm being drawn to it. But I see Rob Flynn. He's he's pretty chatty. He does a lot of lives and a lot of interviews and things like mm. that. And I'm sitting there going, hmm, he might be good on a mic. Dave Dave Grohl oh, yeah. is good on it. He's, he's, he's a good talker. He'd be a good face manager um, or on commentary. I bet he'd be good on commentary. I don't know if, I don't know if he gives a crap about wrestling, but it, I think he'd be good at it. Um, Axl Rose would be a great heel manager, like a Leo Rush, <laughs> like a Leo Rush style heel manager. Yeah. Go oh, God, he'd be so obnoxious. Can you imagine? God, he'd, he would definitely bring people to he'd make people hate him. Um, I don't have many more. I think it's like you said, there's, <laughs> I keep my music and my wrestling separate for the most part. Like it's it's the two different worlds. I don't know if there's much. Yeah, and there was there. the there was the era. Well, there was the era where you had the special guests on WWTV, right? Yeah. And like they were bringing in all kinds of musicians and semi celebrities and whatnot. And like some of them get it and some of them don't. Like, um, what's his name? Machine Gun Kelly gets it. That dude ate a power bomb off the stage, like a champ. He gets I got it. One. I personally can't stand his music, but you know that was great. Maria from In This Moment. Perfect. What? The lead, the lead chick from In This Moment. The outfits that she wears and the she's she can chat. I I, I see her as a wrestler. All right. I all right. What's her name? The lead sing, the original lead singer of um, uh, Arch Enemy. Oh. The, Maybe she'd be good one Natalia, too. Natalia, uh, to the Googles. <laughs> it's all right. Don't worry about it, man. Um, yeah, I'm sure if I started brainstorming. Angela Gossett. Angela oh, Gossett. Jay, Jay had it in the chat right there. Yep. There's the, the new one is Bianca or something like that. Alyssa. That's yeah. the new girl's name. Alyssa. Angela Gossett was a beast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Good Lord. Absolute beast. Good God. Um,. There's a new band that I've been following called Ginger, J-I-N-J-E-R, and the lead yeah, singer looks I like think looks we, like Ruby Riot. I think the people know who Ginger are. Yep. I think if they don't. They should. Yeah, you should check them out they if don't, you're into should. screaming women. <laughs> Hashtag crazy. Um, <laughs> well, I, I can I can think of one guy um, who would automatically get some big heel heat. Tim Lambasis. Who? Tim Lambasis from As I Lay Dying. Instant heel heat. Yeah. The guy who. Took a hit. Took a hit out on his ex-wife. I, no? I don't know that story well enough. Okay, I'll leave it alone. Yep. <laughs> Thank you very much, Yardy. 
Oh, next up, Kyle asks short questions this week, guys. Thank you, Kyle. Uh, Ian, after I popped huge for the Dragon Ball question last week, I posed to you this question. What yes. wrestlers would you cast as a live-action JoJo's Bizarre Adventure project <laughs> as our main heroes and villains of each arc? Oh, Jesus. If that is too obscure, Nani. Nani? Uh, in honor Nani? of Mr. Mortal Kombat Island holding an event the, the weekend, uh, that weekend, if you had your own island to host your own Mortal Kombat-style wrestling promotion in aesthetic or story style, not actually killing people, what pro right. wrestlers do you invite to take part in the island's Shang Tsung? I'm Shang Tsung. Who do I get to, to as the to islands? Bring, as your, right. as Who Shang do I bring? Tsung. Right. Uh, who's on your side and the face side, and why are they there? Who's your surprise final boss? Who wins the tournament, and and how do they get there? Good lord. This is a, and how do you yeah. and how do you set up your cliffhanger for the next event? Keep in mind, this isn't a casting question. One to one, the Mortal Kombat cast doesn't have to hear to that cast. It could be whoever you feel fits that setting or that character dynamics. You want for the story. If you want time to think it, think it over, turn the latter question into a bonus episode if you feel it's worth the effort. I don't know. I like I like the idea of like casting Mortal Kombat. Yeah, that's you know like Brock Lesnar is Goro, um, Austin Aries is Kano because they act they based his face on Austin Aries in the latest video game anyway, and it works perfectly. So why the frick not? Um, Shinsuke Nakamura is Raiden. You know <laughs> what? I don't know about that. I don't know about that at all. I'd have like Goto be Raiden or something like that. That's a good point. That's <laughs> Shinsuke is Raiden. In, in his suit. Ah. Just with the hat. <laughs> I think Shinsuke would be a great Shang Tsung, actually. Like just weird I, magician. Kenta dude. is Shang Tsung. Uh, I see the resemblance in the face. He's a little little for him. There's, there's, I'm trying to remember the name of the other character in, in Mortal Kombat that, that Kenta would be good at. Like Smoke or something like that. Um, definitely. Uh, oh. Um, oh, see. I know I'm, now I'm trying to get my Mortal Kombat chops back up, and I haven't played it in a while, so I'm trying to remember everyone's name. Um. Nuts. Oh, you know what? Kento also might be good as like a scorpion. Again, again, the size thing. Uh, maybe, maybe. Uh, Who's Johnny Cage? Man. Steve um, Blackman. Steve Blackman is too. No, Johnny Cage <laughs> is a smart ass. Steve Blackman doesn't have a personality if you gave it to him. Oh, God, say that to his face. I'm not. I'm saying <laughs> on a podcast safely miles and miles away from him where he can't come get me and tear Ms. me limb from limb. Ms. is Johnny Cage. That's not bad. Ms. is Johnny Cage. Perfect. Yep. That is perfect. That is Who said abs- that? Kyle did. Absolute perfect casting. Oh, Jesus Christ. Perfect. Or MJF. Yeah, that's yeah. absolutely. Ms. More so Ms. Ms. has the look. and everything. MJF is a little, like, he's a little scruffy. Ms. is, like, very clean cut. It's perfect for him. Yep. God. Uh, Sonata is Sub Zero. Um, Scorpion. Sub Zero. Um, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I, I have to admit, I have not watched enough JoJo's to be able to do this properly. JoJo's is awesome. I've seen a couple episodes. It's so freaking weird, and I love it. 
but I don't have enough to, to cast it properly yet. Let me get back to you on that, Kyle. Yeah. Because that's a <laughs> that's a great question. Um, and that'd be a lot of fun because that show is absolutely freaking bonkers. I don't know if there's enough bonkers characters in wrestling to be able to do that one. Um, that's how crazy that show is. Chat's going nuts and doing this one for us. I love it. Uh, JB says Jay White is Katana. Wait, what? Yeah. A guy as a I th- girl? I thought Katana was a girl. That's She is. Orange Cassidy is Cage, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Zelina is Jade. Oh yeah, I, well, I think uh, didn't Zelina didn't she do a cos? She did a cosplay as Jade, and I think also as Melina too. Melina, yeah. And she'd be a really good Melina. I like the uh, Suzuki as Scorpion. Oh, Jacob, Jacob Uhas, Regal as Raiden. Boom. <laughs> William Regal as Raiden. That's a good one. I like that. I a lot. can get there. I can. <laughs> it's I, a stretch, I, I but I can get there. <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. Uh, who wins the tournament and how do they get there and how do you set up your cliffhanger for the next event? Was it Sindel? Zelina did a cosplay. I've seen her do a couple Mortal Kombat cosplays. She's was done it a Sindel? It was, there was one that was the green. I thought it was Jade. <laughs> Marshall Glacier is Sub-Zero. <laughs> That's good. I think she's done all the Mortal Kombat female characters. I don't blame her. I'm not uh, mad about it. I'm not a. I'm not the mannequin. You put the costume on, if you know what I'm saying. Not a clothes horse. You can't. You, I, I. I can't do anything. If I could, I'd definitely do more. More cosplay stuff like that. It'd be fun as hell. But she's got. She's got the look to be able to pull that off. Um, Biggie wasn't is Jax. Jackson Riker is Biggie's, Liu Kang. Oh, be it, Jackson Biggie, Riker Biggie, is Liu Kang. What? I don't get that. No, they, you know, they're they're following Nick booking and just making Jackson Riker in places where he shouldn't be. Right, and to answer the rest of the questions, who wins the tournament? How do they get there? Well, Jackson Riker just murders everybody. You know, oh, for crying out loud! How do, you, right. how, Never, how do you set up your cliffhanger? Who will Jackson Riker beat next? There you go. <laughs> All right, we're done here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kyle. These are always fun. Next up, Josh asks, "Hey, brothers, again, can't stress enough how thankful I am for y'all letting me get through the work." Get through work, even if I have to go back and listen to old episodes. Thank you very much, Josh. I appreciate that. Thank what you, what do you think you. Uh, Killer Cross and Scarlet Ceiling is in NXT, and will it go up or down if they're moved to the main roster? Keep on keeping on, and always remember, if you ain't first, you're last. Damn right. Very true. Very true. Um, I, at this point, with, the, with the, what I've seen of Killer Cross before in other promotions, and what I've seen, like what WWE is already done with them. My initial guess would be the dude could actually one day be world champion of WWE. That's how high his ceiling. Yep. However, there's a long way to the top. If you want to rock and roll, there's, there's a lot of steps he's got to get through to get there. He's got to prove himself on a lot of levels. Um, so saying that is totally pie in the sky, but in terms of presentation and ability and look and ability to get over the crowd, he could he could absolutely be world champ in WWE yeah. on main roster. Yeah. Now that being said, as we said on the show, um, that entrance that we had this week, I don't see that being something that they can pull off every week. So there's got to be other things that they bring in instead. And the package of him and Scarlett is definitely a, a fantastic package. And that can go a long, 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 long way. But they're going to have to do something to their presentation that allows it to be more packaged 
for the main roster and easier for them to pull off week in, week out. Yeah. So that's one of the hurdles. Also, um, he's notoriously a, a bit prickly. So he's going to have to not rub people the wrong way. So that's going to, so politically speaking, he's going to have to jump some hurdles. Um, but, you know, again, all things being equal, the dude could one day be world champ. If, but, you know, no, there's, there's, there's never say never. And, and as we've kind of said before with the transition to main roster, like you just never know. Yeah. There's so many variables. But looking at it right now, what's their ceiling? When we did an episode, Nick, a bonus episode a while back, you know, what's the ceiling of these 10 NXT workers, men and women? And for the most part, so far, we've been pretty right. Yeah. Um, we kind of called Ricochet getting to a certain level and then Vince getting bored with him. And that totally happened. Um, so, you know, at the same time, it is you, like you never know. So could Karrion Cross go to the main roster and be a big deal? Absolutely. I think the potential is there. I think he will, will he? go to the I'll say he will go to the main main roster and be a big deal. It's I, I think the important part about the two of them is the package of the two of them. Um Scarlet has been shown to work fairly well in the ring as well. She could have women's matches. She's the one I'm frankly I've I've got my eye on a little bit more for the right reasons. We know Killer Cross can deliver. But without Scarlet, he's another wrestler that's just in a long line of people in a men's division in NXT. The he's he's that, a little he's he's unique to an I extent. Think. Yes, but yeah. on the surface, yeah. But the package of the two of them together, they're also very much social media darlings. Uh a lot of people uh are, have known Scarlett for a lot of time because she dresses in a very risque fashion and, and is not afraid to go out there in certain ways. So mm -hmm. I that that draws eyes. And now the fact that, that they're paired up together and now they come out as a tandem like that. I mean, how much better was Miz as a, as a chicken shit intercontinental championship heel with Maurice by his side? How much better was Rusev with the ravishing Russian Lana by his side? I, that's the stuff I hearken back to that I think about, but neither of them have worked out well. So I'm sitting here going... I'm not sure what the ceiling is for him at this point. How I, much better was Edge with Vicky Guerrero? Oh, wait, never mind. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Just a quick aside. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I hear you, dude. Like, it's, I think it's something that's it's a wait and see. But if we're talking about straight, uh, straight potential, all the potential in the world. Yeah. Very, very, very high ceilings for both of them, especially as a package. Yeah, and I think the main roster is just a matter of if, the, if in NXT they can package them in a way that, NXT, that the main roster can deliver. Right. Um, I think the ceiling in NXT is, you know, the roof. I think the, the ceiling in uh, main roster is also the roof, but there's, again, a lot of hurdles. Yeah. So wait, wait and see. Great question, Josh. Uh, next up, the innovator of the mop himself, Mr. Sean Clark. Hope everyone... Well, I got to interject. I have to interject oh. before we get to him real quick in the super chat. Esmeralda oh. Esme... $10 and says, most excellent questions today, everyone. Thank you, Esme. Thank you, Esme. Thank you very much. I agree. Thank you. I, I agree as well. These are fun. The, uh, Sorry. The innovator of the mop himself, Mr. Sean Clark. Hope everyone out mop there man. is hanging on through these tough times. Life's tough. Phenomenal ones are tougher. Remember that. Mm. See? Amen. Dropping dimes on us like that. Mr. Positivity himself. Thank you, Sean. Uh, they say your best character is you turned up to 11. <laughs> 
So I know how easily I would be a heel who has some holier-than-thou complex and is super preachy while doing what it takes to get ahead. So what are your characters turned up to 11? (laughs) We've gone over your moves, names, and music a lot. Give me some character background for each of you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um, You guys want some truth bombs? Bring it on. Uh, I'm, I was a dejected band geek that got into playing baseball and did a little, uh, I put a syringe in my butt. I won't say the words of that as I got into my my high school years, uh, to be able to be a big baseball player. Uh, I, so doing whatever it takes to win right there with you. All Uh, right. It was before all the scandals and shit, bro. It was early nineties stuff. 93-ish. Um, yeah, the trainers were giving it to us. They, they were administering it to us. That's what they all say. Right. No, I'm, I'm being dead serious. I, I didn't stick my own needle in the butt. All right. All right, Warlord. It's okay. Um, at this, But they taught us how to do it properly is the point I was trying That's, to it's, get. It's fine, Hercules. It's okay. So my character turned up to 11 is do whatever it takes to win, but there is an honor and integrity system built into me as well. I am loyal to a fault. I will go to war for the people that I love and care about. So there is, you know, there's part of me that has enforcer. I guess if I'm turned up to 11, I will go to any lengths I need to to like I'm I feel like I'm built to be an enforcer. I would never be any kind of main eventer. Uh I'm too much of a geek nerd introvert in that way to Actually, as Esme's in the chat right now, she said your weapon of choice would be a bat and that's very or or, or drumsticks, Esme. Yeah, later I, I was too chicken shit to get up and sing, even though I do have I got a very big voice, but I didn't discover it until the last few years. But yeah, I, I slinked back and played the drums because I had rhythm. I don't know. Hmm. I, I, I see myself as a as a big enforcer. Not as big as Wardlow in stature and size, but I mean in the same sort of presence, right? Something like that. Right. Loyal to you, a fault, I mean, I'll on- go to war for you, that kind of stuff. Okay. Do whatever so, it takes so you, to win. You, you would be the big beefy enforcer by someone's side with a baseball bat and sunglasses. Sure. You're saying. Sure. Yeah. All right. How about you? Yeah. See, I, I, I actually would probably end up being like if I was a, if I was a wrestler and I was to go out there and actually try to, you know, perform and act like that. It would probably be something along the lines of like a Jay White or Tommaso Ciampa, um, you know, drawn more to the kind of the the darker edgy heel characters and um i actually i've looked at jay white a few times and been like damn if i had been working out <laughs> when i was young you know there before the grace with the weird with both of us have weird facial hair are, are disturbingly pale yep uh about the same size height wise um you know same with champa although champa is disgustingly more ripped than either of us um and then actually one of the listeners of our show uh uh, Chris Figueroa, who I work with downtown. Um, but when I had my hair was longer, he kept saying every time I came in, I looked like AJ Styles. And I was like, okay, well, obviously I'm nowhere near as talented as AJ Styles, but I really like if I was to do rest, like if I was, you know, getting in on that, like that kind of the heel AJ, like the cocky kind of, but kind of cocky, but dorky is also something that I could absolutely, I'd knock out of the park. Like take take me to eleven. I get real cocky, real like big mouth and 
and also I'm a complete dork. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's it's on the line between jackass, uh, doofus, and uh, and rock star. It's somewhere in there. Yeah. Like if you ever if you ever seen me behind the bar, like when I'm turned up to eleven, if I'm behind the bar, I'm I'm usually turned up to about a nine or ten. Yeah. And sometimes an eleven if it's a really hopping night. Um, the opening of but, Metal yeah, Madness the, is you at 11, in my opinion. Blowing fire, blasting metal music, and yelling at the top <laughs> of your lungs. I miss, I I miss that. It was a, yeah, it was a staple uh, of, of L.A. life for me for many years. The fire blowing would definitely be integrated at some point. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, that's I'd, part of I'd, your entrance. If Jay White is a knife pervert, I'd probably be a fire pervert. Yeah. Definitely like me some fire. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Great question, Sean. Uh, yeah, I'd love to hear what you guys' versions of yourselves are turned up to 11 as well, if you'd uh, be interested in sharing. Uh, next up, Will James. How do you guys feel about the non-finisher finish? On 205 Live this week, they showed a replay of an old Ultimo Dragon versus Dean Malenko match that ended in sort of a tiger suplex where Dean kicked out just after three to lose. Mm. Love it. I feel like those types of finishes and the loser kicking out just after three to barely lose are missing these days. I agree. Agreed. Uh, mm-hmm. In my opinion, these finishes protect the ones who loses, can extend a feud immediately or somewhere down the road, and don't give away the ending of the match. Your thoughts? Uh, my yeah. immediate ones that come to mind are they we've transitioned from that to the loser beating down the winner. Uh, after the match is over because they're pissed right. off that they lost. Like that's more modern version of that kicking out after three that you're referring to. Yeah. And it's the kicking out after three thing. It has actually some controversial history because sometimes guys would do it to protect themselves right. and not discuss it beforehand. And I've actually read a couple of, of interviews and books where guys were like, and this asshole kicks out right after three, um, you know, or like they, they kind of like do the half kick out or whatever. And I put my finisher on him. I'm like, what are you doing? Barely missing the kick out. Like, you're keeping yourself strong. You're making my finisher look weak. You know, so it's got to be something that, that's discussed. But I think that's a great way to end a match. Um, if it's not, if it's, if you're trying to make the feud continue and say, no, 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 this was competitive. We talked this week about Mandy and Sonya. Yeah. And how Sonya barely rolled up Mandy. It's competitive. Any given Sunday, either girl could have won. And that's awesome. It makes you think. It makes you, oh, I'm rooting for Manny next time. And just like with this one he's talking about here, Ultimate Dragon and Dean Malenko. And, and Dean's like, oh, oh, you barely got me. You know what I mean? That makes it feel more like a sport, right? Where they're not like some of these moves, when you put them down, when you put people down with some of these moves, you sit there and go, why aren't they at least attempting? Like what, if you're holding the leg and holding their shoulders down, why aren't they attempting to kick out or move. And it's obviously because they don't want to screw up the end of the match accidentally. But it does break a little bit of the immersion. Yeah. So having something where someone at the end of the pin is struggling to get out of it or barely misses the count because they were, you know, knocked dizzy or however you want to say, like thinking about what exactly is happening, what exactly, you know, would be happening if this were real makes it a lot more engaging to me. I prefer that. So I'm totally with you, Will. Like that that sort of stuff is is I miss it. I wish there was more of it. I love that stuff. That's why I don't tend to mind schoolboy roll-ups that much if I feel like there's a genuine attempt to get out of it. Yeah. So there's sometimes they don't look good. No, if, if they're kicking up, and flailing and trying to get out of it and yeah. they, can, they can't get out of it, I I think that's when it sells the right way. When it, they it's really way like, overused. Yeah. Though. 
it's overused a lot, but because it's used poorly. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's done after taking a whole bunch of punishment. All of a sudden, you're able to just lie this person down. Like you've got to give them a move before that, that they're so they're stunned, and then their their equilibrium's gone. Explain it somehow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, and again, I'm I'm getting on my high horse here, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I would love to see more like more more finishes be looked at as though they were actual finishes to a match. Uh, that could go either way and not just you hit a move, the person's just completely immobilized for whatever reason, and they just lie there and eat the pin. Yep. And then as soon as you're done pinning them, they start moving around. Yep. So, yeah. 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 That. That. Good question, Will. Uh, next up, Gerardo Garcia asks, no wrestling question, got any tats? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Nick's got some epic ones. So I'll I'll show you my my big one here if I can get it on screen. Um, this is my big half sleeve that I've got. This started out. This is some Batista shit right here. Yeah, you got full on Batista back. So I got Batista back with some big tribal stuff, and I had one of my very first tattoos when I was eighteen was this sun. You might recognize it as the Godsmack logo. Yes, <laughs> because it was nineteen ninety eight, and I was young right. and stupid. <laughs> you. You have some 90s but tattoos. I do. Um, so this is my, one of my favorite movies. Is no secret is Aliens. So this is the Queen. Uh, this is the final yeah. battle at the end of Aliens. So you've got the Queen with her little slimy acid stuff coming out. And then you've got the, this little Sailor Jerry interpretation of Ripley in yeah, the loader. I was going to say. With, uh, with the arm. We never did get finished with it because we started. We were moving and all that stuff. But, but it's, it's the get away from her, you bitch moment. It, it is. Um, and then... Well, it's more of the moment when she's got her in like the the pinchers, right? And they're they're I just face to face. I'm just, I'm, and yeah, a lot I'm of people sure. ask me why would you tattoo something that big on you? Well, being real, it's it's the ultimate visual for me of good versus evil, doing what it takes to overcome adversity, all You're of those first, kinds of things. Uh, there's yeah. there's a lot of virtue in that moment in that film that that really hit me at a young age and has stuck with me throughout my entire life. So. That's that's my big one. The rest of my stuff is mostly just tribal crap, but I do want to finish sleeves at some point in the future. So it, nice. it is. Do I want any more? Hell yes. And I've got yeah. uh, all of them mean something to me. Um, I definitely have a r sort of roadmap of what I want to do on the sleeves. But cha-ching, yeah. it ain't cheap. Money, 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 money. <laughs> yeah, my, the reason I don't have any more than I do is because I, I just haven't found – that combination of an artist that I like and a price that is right. Right. Um, you know, I definitely have a few more ideas that I want to do and, and some bigger pieces, but I just haven't, I haven't gotten around to it. I just have, I have a whole bunch, I have a couple of big pieces on my arms and my chest and some little ones scattered around here and there. Um, but definitely some big ones I want still to get. Um, but most like, like you, Nick, you know, mine all, well, maybe not like you, you got some, the tribal ones too, but like the, the big one that you have in your arm, all, every single one of mine has a meaning. Like yeah. every one I can point to and be like, okay, this means this, this means that. This is what this symbolizes, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, yeah, including I've got the, I got the family crest on my chest and everything. So, yeah, even the big tribal yeah. stuff has, has some set level of meaning for it. Um, the ones that are symmetrical and go across my shoulder blades, uh, the artist described it, it, and it was a Polynesian tattoo artist. Uh, his name was Zulu, he was there on uh, Fairfax. And he described mm -hmm. the uh, the symmetrical stuff going over the shoulder blades as uh, the translation would be soul armor, and it's uh, it was a way of just sort of protective armor, almost like um, pauldrons of sorts that would mm -hmm. you know protect you in that way spiritually. And then the one in the middle of my back is a totem that is 
supposed to it's eyes in the back of your head loosely uh somebody watching your back was the guy who did your shoulders the same guy who did randy orton no okay pretty much the same tattoo that's why i was curious nope (laughs) i I don't at least i don't think he did but well i'm i'm not entirely being serious (laughs) okay Now, now you're just making fun of me i am not i love tattoos i want a lot more tattoos um I, I I look at like Alistair Black and Randy Orton's sleeves, and I get s- incredibly jealous. So yeah, uh, Esme Esme is telling her telling me to show her my uh, my I love mom tattoo. Uh oh, uh, I I do not have an I love is mom. Is JB tattoo. ratting I, you out to the other ladies I in do, the group? <laughs> I do I do have hey now I do have um uh, a tattoo for my sister on my back though. However, and she has a tattoo for of of says older brother on her. Oh. As well, so That's we awesome. got the little 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 bro and sis thing going on there. Love that. Thank you, Gerardo. That's a fun question. Little inside inside scoop on Nick and Surrey and Dangerous. I love it. Don't Marshall says don't call Cody's artist. Don't worry. I, I'm also not going to call Cody's for an opinion on where I should put tattoos either. Right. Except to give yeah. advice of where to put Stephen Larson should put their BWO logo for yeah. losing at WrestleMania. Uh. Uh, next up, Jacob asks, hello, hope you're do- all doing well. Thank you as well, Jacob. Uh, what has been the best or your favorite match of the no crowd shows? Any promotion, and what match would have benefited from a crowd? Uh, that's actually kind of an easy one for me. Okay. The best match, my favorite one so far was the the no holds barred or the street fight um, falls count anywhere match from AEW this week. That was my favorite match of the no crowd Didn't era. They call it a light, not a lights out, but some kind of street fight. It was just a street fight. Yes, that's what I said, a street fight. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, because uh, I don't consider the Firefly Funhouse one a match, and the Boneyard one also was not really tr- traditionally a match. Um, and I just had so much fun with that one this week. You know, I'd have to go back and really think about that, but I'm pretty sure that one would stay on top. Um, as far as what match would have benefited from a crowd. Goddamn Drew McIntyre beating Brock Lesnar. Right. I don't know if there's one that would have benefited more than that. Like, that was the the biggest wind out of the sails moment was finally, after all of these years, Brock just gets absolutely annihilated. And it's in front of some camera people, and that's it. Like, that's, ugh. It's just gutting. It's absolutely, absolutely brutal. Favorite match of the no crowd shows from any promotion. So that's going to be WWE, NXT, or AEW. Man, I'm I'm struggling to pick one that has been my favorite match. Uh, I've been really down on NXT the last couple of months since all of this happened. I think a big part of NXT is the performance center and the sort of marquee crowd that's there. Um, really getting into it. But yeah, I'm I'm having. What's really bothering me is the fact that they haven't figured out in WWE how to augment the silence the way AEW. Yeah. AEW has cracked the code at this point. Uh, but an individual favorite match, um, I mean, probably Rhea Charlotte at Mania. That was a really good one. Um, if, I, if I had, like, big, big standout matches, Rhea Charlotte at Mania is probably the one. Also the ladder match, the tag ladder match. Yeah, that was really good. Singles, the singles tag ladder match was a really good <laughs> right, one. Right, exactly. But again, it was because there was just so much chaos happening at once. You know what I mean? Like when you just—it's just nonstop action. You don't have time to sit and think that there's no crowd. It's just so much is happening. 
And I think that's why that match, the street fight match, worked so well for me was because typically street fights are back there and they don't have a crowd. It's just chaotic and it's insane. And so that's why it still worked. Yep. And you still had enough side interaction and people back there, right? I also, you know, again, recency probably, so I'm still hyped about it. But Lance Archer uh, versus Dustin Rhodes. Mm. I, 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 a lot of people said it was too slow and it was very straightforward. I'm like, I don't care. I think that, that made match, it more brutal. Yeah, that match felt like a punch in the face, and I loved it. Yeah. Yep. So good question, Jacob. Thank you very yeah. much. Uh, next up, Derek McGator guy. With the pandemic still going on and UFC planning on an event tonight, despite one of the people who was fighting getting getting sick. Right. Unbelievable. Morons. It's only a matter of time. His, and all his cornermen. Yeah. <laughs> It's only a matter of time before fans begin returning to venues. We've seen WWE pre-producing segments and matches with some hits and misses. We've also noticed a drop in ratings and have heard of the audience being burned out because shows last for three to four hours. Do you think that this may continue on a larger long-term scale in the future to try and mitigate either one or both, or maybe even just to give a change of pace? So are you asking what will continue? The intermixing of pre-produced segments with matches? We've also noticed, do you think that this may continue on a larger long-term? Do I think we're going to be in this for the long haul? Yes. Do I think fans are, they're going to do their best to get fans back in there as soon as possible? Yes. Do I think they're going to fill arenas on day one? I don't, I mean, I mean, it might be the same people that are storming Capitol buildings demanding that everything reopen, but I don't think you're going to fill arenas on the first few months. Yeah. I mean, they, they definitely have said be a little too cautious. They said in their quarterly call that they were going to start doing more pre-produced stuff and whether that holds on as things start to get back to normal. Um, I would speculate yes, just because they've found that it's successful and yeah. might actually be a safer and more controllable alternative to doing everything 100% live. That being said, doing things live is their bread and butter. It's what they've been doing for years and years and years. And the networks expect their shows to be a certain percentage live. So if that, you know, barring this going on, as you say, Nick, for a long, long time, for you know, a couple years, um, which it could happen depending on how things are handled here in the U.S., uh, you know, we could be seeing these kinds of pre-produced segments for a while. Um, I personally think they should integrate some of it into their regular programming in general. As we've said, you know, the way that, uh, Lucha Underground did because that was such a great way to show backstage stuff with these pre-produced segments that weren't just people talking live into a camera and it made it seem more cinematic and it made it seem more um, more interesting. You were able to get into the characters more things where you could do crazier stuff. So, yeah, I don't. Th- I think WWE is going to try to go back to status quo as soon as possible. But I, th- I have a feeling that some of the stuff, some of the trappings of this, will remain for a while. Yeah, the phased rollouts are really going to dictate, or the phased reopenings, I should say, uh, at the state by state levels, are really going to dictate how many people they can let into an arena or a venue at any given time. I've heard like twenty to thirty percent to start off, and then they're going to go up to like forty to fifty percent uh, capacity, I should say. So, yeah, we could be in this for the next 18 months. This the, All throughout the end of next year, I think we're going to see effects uh, of what's going on in the world right now until everybody yep. gets tested, everybody gets vaccinated, and all that stuff, and then we, we're past all this. We're in this for the long haul. And it's going to have some semblance of a side effect in one way, shape, or form with everything that we love. 
especially in sports. So, yep. Uh, I do think we're going to see a lot more of the pre-produced stuff. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Uh, and I'm, and if, honestly, if it's like the Boneyard and the, and the Firefly Funhouse, and we'll see how Money in the Bank is tomorrow. I'm very excited at the potential of what we're about to watch tomorrow, guys. Yeah. Oh, the potential's through the roof. They've had so much time to edit this together, by the way. Yeah. Like, like a long time. Like almost a month. Yeah. So, hell yeah. Thank you, Derek. Uh, hope you're doing well also. Next up, Brad. Indeed. Not to be confused with ringside news that just got fired, Brad Shepard, but our Brad Shepard. Uh, hey guys, we have been dancing around this question for a while, so time to put on our nerd glasses and let our <laughs> geek flags fly. Two-part question. Yes, <laughs> bring it on. <laughs> what is your favorite comic book movie? Oh, damn. Rapid fire. This isn't a bunch of answers. Rapid fire. Oh, Let's go. I can't pick one favorite comic book movie? X That's not fair. X-Men 2. Oh, God. Really? It is? That's your favorite? Yeah. X2. Really? Uh, after listen, after seeing Endgame, I don't know how many times I've watched it at this point. I've actually lost count of how many times I've watched Endgame, but it's it's so above and beyond any of the other ones. Like I was a huge fan of the first two Iron Man movies, huge fan yeah. of the first two X Men movies. Mm -hmm. uh, I really liked Spider Man one and two with Tobey Maguire, right? But if if you're if I'm rapid fire answering, X two. Damn. Um, Thirty Days of Night or American Splendor. Zombie vampire in Alaska. Okay. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Uh, two, who is your favorite comic book character and why? Um, Morpheus from Sandman, Neil Gaiman. Why? You have to read the book. You don't understand. Uh, it's, it's amazing. Also, uh, well, if you're talking on the street, like comic book superhero, Hellboy. I'm a Superman guy. Those two. I'm a Superman yeah, guy. Yeah, you would be. Uh, he says, my answers are Captain America for movie, Winter Soldier. Uh, that's a, yeah, just, that's one of the best Marvel just movies. Just felt like the MCU up. just really hit its stride with that movie. The story and action went hand in hand and it kept you glued to the edge. Of the, my eyes are going blurry. Kept you to the edge of the seat until the very end. Two, with that, Captain America has always been one of my favorite characters. He has just always been that guy that, no matter the odds, will go to war for what he believes and will fight to the end to defend it. Mm, love him. Love Cap for that. With, uh, with Cap, there is always hope, and you can never give up on that. Just one of the all-time great characters. Going to be listening while I work away on some honeydew items, so won't be in the chat, but look forward to your answers. Thanks, guys. P.S. Nick, we, are we still doing the Creating BWO Universe on Friday nights? Um, I'll address that. Um, Uh-oh. <laughs> there are only so many hours in the week. And it's one of the, at a certain point, you begin to oversubscribe yourself and things start to fall off uh, from the what needs to be done versus what can fall by the wayside. And it's one of those things where at some point I have to sleep, at some point I have to rest, and my work rate is ramped up with content creation for video, making videos for work. And then Data Center Dude as a personal brand has ramped up. And then our show here, we're in the midst of our anniversary month. So we're making a bunch of changes for you guys as well. And there's just been no time and no energy for it. Plus, I, I got to admit, aside from creating you guys as wrestlers interactively, there wasn't much more to it than that. So I do like that part of it. But above and beyond that, 
there was there wasn't a lot of potential for what it could become. I'm not saying we're never going to revisit it in the future or continue it, but it won't be in the next month or so. Aww. We'll see. To be get determined. Back to it, though. Hang hopefully, tight. Hopefully, get back to it. Yeah. yeah. I gotta I gotta really quickly to say like about Captain America. If he's bringing up Captain America, I know this is not wrestling, but damn it, he's 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 he tweaked my 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 nerd right here. Tweaked my nerd nards. Uh, Cap, I, we got three I more had, questions, and I got pizza and wings waiting on me. So I'm. This is gonna be real quick. <laughs> Y'all can do this in real Facebook. Quick. <laughs> real quick. Real quick. Okay. I had no. I had no use for Captain America until Chris Evans played the character, and I had no use for Captain America. I, I was raised on comic books. I got a ton of comic books in the back room. I read a few Captain America books, and I thought he was bland as hell. I didn't like him and like Superman because they were just bland good guys. But what the what the Marvel movies did. With that character, the way they established what his character was before he became Captain America, how they kept calling back to that, how Chris Evans played him with such absolute goddamn soul. If there's one character in the entire MCU universe of films that I came around on and now absolutely freaking adore, it's Captain America. He is my dude in those movies. I'm, I am so invested in his entire arc, whether it's with losing his girlfriend whether it's you know being the little guy who's beaten up, he doesn't like bullies, then he gets the ability to fight back. All of that shit, that is that just absolutely nailed me right, right in the ventricle. So, so props where props are due. Chris Evans and the Marvel movies turned me around on that character. I was never a fan of Captain America. Actively didn't like the character before the Marvel movies, and now Brad, I understand exactly where you're coming from with Captain America. Now I'm totally on the same page. Caps the man. Yep. So, yeah. There you go. Hail Hydra. Uh, next up, Rob. Motherfucker. Son of a bitch. Next up, Rob asks, hey, gents, thanks for the enormous amount of content that you're producing every week. It's always something to look forward to. This may have been asked and answered before, but who, what were some of your mid tier, some of the mid tier gimmicks that you popped over? For mm. me, it was the million dollar man. Damn, I hated oh, him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Apparently a terrible human, but a great gimmick. Honorable mention to Big John Stud, a hoss of a man. Yeah. Love Big John Stud. Winner of the first Royal Rumble, I believe. Uh, I don't, I don't, I'm not 100% sure on that. Keep up the great work, Dubstep Rob. P.S. My hate for Nia Jax is rapidly reaching Nick level. boy. <laughs> Thank you, Dubstep <laughs> Rob. Um, who? So the, the big question was, uh, who or what were some of the mid-tier gimmicks that you popped over, uh, Degeneration X. Uh, sorry, let me be more specific. The New Age Outlaws. Right. Easily. Um, I popped hard for Enzo and Cass when they first came up to the main roster. That, everyone did. Everyone did. That debut, everyone Jesus did. Christ. They were over as hell. Um, I don't want everything to be in the tag division on mine. Um, what are some of yours? Well, I think of some more. Uh, Junkyard Dog, Gangrel, Edge and Christian back when they were with Gangrel. Um, the Brood. Oh, dude, I was so into The Brood. Yeah. Even I dug Val Venus back in the day. I thought he was hilarious. And I thought he was a good worker. It was like, it was like one of those appreciating him as like a good hand kind of thing, which is, you know, and now is considered an insult. But at the time I was like, that dude's, you know, he's good. Um, I will. I will say I was a horny teenager in the late '90s, and I popped hard for the Godfather and the Ho Train. You know, you we would. we we would all watch in our townhouse. We would all watch as a group. Five to ten of us would be in there watching wrestling, and we would all stand up and go, "It's time! 
once again to step up on the hard train. Oh, my God. We would all do it. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, I'm trying to, yep. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Um, Paul London. And... Uh, I mean, definitely, you know, Fandango. I was definitely an early adopter of Fandango. Never really got the Fandango thing. It's fun. Done. Sorry. Go. I was wrong. Big John Stud was a second. He won the second one. I, I thought second so. Second Royal Rumble. Uh, yeah. Second Royal Rumble. I knew it was around there. Yeah. Yeah, that's it for me. Um, really. if, if, everything else is kind of upper uh, top card. <laughs> the, up, the, upper, the upper guys? Yeah. I, I, mean, I was yeah, going to say Sako and, and Mick Foley, but I consider him up there up top. Yeah, and, and Jake the Snake, I would consider a higher on the card yeah. too. And he was always my dude. Um, the irony is, I was never really a Hogan guy. Um, even growing up, I, I was never really that into you know, say your prayers and eat your vitamins and ripping your yeah, shirt Piper's. off and Hulk Hogan. I was I was more of an Andre guy. I was more of a Haystacks well, guy. I was more of a big Hoss guy. It's, yeah, it's funny because in the '80s, either you were you know Hogan or Warrior, or you were essentially someone who's there to put over Hogan or Warrior, like. <laughs> you know, even if you were like, you could say someone like Roddy Piper was a huge thing, but he was also dude never won a championship. Yeah, you know, yeah, uh, the heavyweight, I should say. So it's you know, yeah, that was that was for Hogan alone, and that's kind of annoying. But um, yeah, I think we listed a few. Yeah, there you go, there you go, there you go. Thank you, Dubstep you Rob. Go. Will always be known as Dubstep Rob because he is patron number fifty. Yeah, and honestly, he's making me remember what an absolute monster Big John Stud was. Yeah. Big John Stud was badass. Yeah, he was a big boy. Damn. Uh, next up, Marshall asks, Evening, fellas. Good evening. With everything slowly opening back up, how would you book the first show back with fans? Any promotion? Would you go all in with the chips or keep it in your pants? Thanks again for all you guys do. Um, I think the thing to understand here for me is I wouldn't go all in with it. Uh, mm. I would have maybe one or maybe two big spectacle things, but I wouldn't have them be matches. I want I want to dangle the carrot in front of you. I want to uh. I want to get you. I want to bring you back again and again and again for the pay per view. We've lost the art because we are so saturated in pay per views now. We've lost the art of building big big stories and feuds for pay per views. And I feel like it's almost disposable now because the next month we move on and we do the next feud. And then we move on the next month and we do the next feud. There, New Japan is the only one that's still really, and AEW to an extent, new, is really just doing long-term years and years of storytelling. WWE, we're, we're swimming in pay-per-views every month. So I, if I'm WWE booking, yeah, I'm, I'm dangling the carrot out there for a little bit. I'm going to build a story over two, maybe three pay-per-views leading to one of the big four. But yeah, first show back. Yeah, bring the big boys, bring the champions all out. Start setting up their next feuds. But yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't throw all the chips in. What about you, Ian? Um, I certainly. I, I I'm with you. Have a couple of big moments, but then, you know, mostly people are going to be excited just to be there. Yeah. Like you don't have to go too overboard with it. And oh then my have, god! Like, hot dogs and popcorn and keep something in the beer. tank. <laughs> yeah, keep something in the tank. Like you should make it big, but don't make it. Yeah. Like be able to follow it up. Yeah. You know. Maybe have a legend come out, you know, have a Stone Cold or a Ric Flair appearance, something like that. But uh, yeah, I'm not going to give a, I'm not going to put all the, push all my chips in on, on one show like that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Marshall. Uh, last but certainly not least, Jesse asks, what was the first feud or match that drew you into wrestling? Has any recent feud or match in the U.S. or Japan taken you back in time to make you feel like you did when you first discovered wrestling? Uh the very first one, I mean, I remember the Mega Powers being the one, being one of the ones that really drew me in. And also um, Jake and Macho. Like, those are the two kind of like, when I think back in my, my you know, tapioca soup of a memory, um, those are two that I really strongly remember. Oh, um, actually, Earthquake sitting on Damien was another really big moment when I was a kid. Um, and I always say that. But like, those are, those, are the, those are the ones that like really stick in my mind. Uh, for me, as far as like feuds that drew me into wrestling, what about you, Nick? One of my few, like little little guy childhood memories was sitting on my granddad's lap and seeing Iron Sheik for the first time. Oh yeah, and that was it. it wasn't a it wasn't a feud. It wasn't a match, but the first time I it, it it was I remember being curious, like who's that guy? What's this all? What's this show all about? Sheik was very striking for sure. Um, he had, a, he had a large, wide head. He had that headdress on. He had that mustache. Looked like the evil awesome villain mustache. from a cartoon. You know, a huge barrel chest oh, of his, too. He was massive. And then uh, we started just watching. I would watch more and more, and it became a thing where I would go over to my granddad's house, and, and he'd be watching wrestling. And the first feud or match that... As I got older as well, the other thing that changed was it became more of a social gathering event as... And it was more about the people that we were watching it with and the event of watching it all together than it was about what was actually happening on the TV. And that was probably middle, I'd say 98, 97, 98. And I've done a lot of backtracking, but there was a huge lapse and a gap between the time that I was an 80s kid and the time that I was a late 90s teen. And it just, it was two completely different reasons why I was watching them. You know, yeah. At the time, so so it, what? It's hard what to now, identify. What now? What's a feud now that makes you feel like you were when you were a kid, or like one that recently? I can I can give you a couple of mine. Yeah, go for it. Uh, I'm, I'm having to think about it. Um, like the 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 two moments where I really truly felt childlike again recently was actually New Japan, um, when Kenta turned on everybody <laughs> and joined Bullet Club. Um and and turn on and kicked Shibata, took out Shibata. I my God, I was so hot. I was so pissed. I haven't I haven't been like I haven't had heel heat like that since I was a kid. Like I was just you son of a bitch. And it was a man. And it's great because you know I had the part of me that was sitting there going, <laughs> I'm marking out. You know what I mean? And then, and then the rest of me was just going with it. Um, but then also on the positive side of that. Uh, Tanahashi and Ibushi at the G1 Finals two years ago. I was the most I've marked out for a face in a long time. Tanahashi totally won me over there, and he did it. You know, I was I was I was kind of meh on him on him coming into the G1. I'm like, yeah, he's a legend, he's great. But coming out of that, I was like, no, he is all time like he is a bright shining star, all time great. Holy crap, I love this man. Yeah. Um. Like just completely turned me around, and that match was the one that did it. Where it's, oh god, that's an amazing match. Um, that I, I felt like a kid again watching a superhero. 
The closest uh, thing I can get, uh, he says, has any recent feud or match in the U.S. or Japan taken you back in time to make you feel like you did when you first discovered wrestling? Yeah. You introducing me to the G1 in 2017 when I had never really watched New Japan before. Mm-hmm. And mm. we talked about it here on the show uh, with, with all of you guys before, but I I didn't get it before. I was an all WWE all the time kind of guy and WCW sure. and things like that. But I mean, all pretty much that was my jam. And then you entered, you kind of opened my eyes to both PWG in LA and New Japan uh, that year. Wow, like life changing <laughs> kind of stuff because I've been hooked ever since. And I haven't yeah. been able to watch it as much as I would like to because of um, the schedule. You know, the schedule is not that conducive. You know, you have to be up at four in the morning a lot of times to watch some of that stuff. It's actually funny that, um, you know, th- these the times we're living in right now, if you had asked me if anything made me feel like I was a kid again in like 2010, 2011, even if, you, you know, talking like the pipe bomb and stuff like that, like that excitement, I would say, sure. no, this reminds me of the, this reminds me of the attitude era, like the, uh, the era of like danger and excitement and something new. But the last five, six, seven years of wrestling and like ramping up over that, there's been an increase in independent wrestling that is easily accessible. The quality of matches has gone through the damn roof. And the variety of things you can experience out there has gone through the roof. And seeing PWG shows, Lucha Underground shows here in Los Angeles, I can actually very distinctly remembering a feeling of, oh my God, this is stuff like I've never felt. I haven't felt like this. And I don't know if it's, it's, it's apples for apples the way I felt as a kid discovering wrestling because obviously like there's years and years between the two and there's a lot more processing going on upstairs now because of life experience and and you know having lived whereas as a kid you're just like hey it's cool those big guys beat each other well wow, i've never seen anything like this um you don't have any any uh any context basis no basis for comparison but now i do and i so th- the closest thing i can think to it is that feeling of discovering all this new talent all these new rest all this new wrestling all this new all these new styles um and that has made me feel a lot like so. I could I could say Lucha Underground in some ways made me feel like a kid again. The ending of I season say that, one of Lucha Underground is one of those moments where you yeah. see the building of a story arc and it coming to a conclusion there with Vampiro and Pentagon. That and that was one of those moments me. that really made me go. Oh, I love yeah. wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll say even going into season two where it starts off and you know. Uh, 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 Mil, Muertes, Mil Muertes is up on the, the throne like uh, like Shao Kahn, yeah. you know, calling back to Mortal Kombat. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, I, and I don't want to just say it's just Lucha Underground because it's also been WWE and a lot of the talents coming into WWE that's been able to do this this new style of wrestling and has, has started to fundamentally shift WWE. NXT has, has given me that feeling. You know what I mean? Obviously, New Japan. Like, that excitement of all of this new great stuff coming has made me feel more like a kid again watching wrestling in the last five years than in the 25 years before that. Yeah. So it's pretty fantastic. Yeah. Lots of good stuff to uh, reflect on. And I, and I think the funny thing about that question, Jesse, is that I think it's going to be different for every single person you ask. Everybody's going to have those moments. And I think that's what's special about it is everybody's got that moment 
Uh, so there were some comments in the uh, Marshall said the rock coming back in 2011, got him back into wrestling. Uh, mm. we've had several people say that, uh, listening to our show has, has gotten them back into wrestling. And and if that's, that's, if that's the case, uh, that's, that's awesome. That is that's freaking that, amazing. It's in the fields. <laughs> um, but yep. the, the everything's going to be different for everybody. And I absolutely love that because uh, some of the ones that Ian and I just rattled off are specific and special to us for reasons. And they're gonna. Everybody's gonna have their own different, unique reasons of why they watch this glorious soap opera, begrudgingly sometimes, uh, that we do every single week. So great, great question, uh, Jesse. It, it really brings out some introspective kind of approaches to uh, how you want to address that as an individual. It really makes you think: Why do we watch this every week? Sure. You know, and and that that just I'm gonna be thinking about that all night. You know. I, I can't say I'm chasing the dragon of how it made me feel as a kid. Yeah. I'm I'm now because because again, more sophisticated, more stuff going on upstairs, but that feeling is definitely something that when I do experience it, it's fantastic. Oh yeah. So oh, yeah. 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 I mean all of us marking out for Edge coming back at Rumble. You know, just moments, right? Kyle says Kofi Mania in the chat, you know. <sighs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that does it, guys. Another great round of questions from all of you patrons. Thank you guys very, very much. If you'd like to get yours in on future episodes every single week, four times a month for just $5 a month, you can head over to pa- patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for that first tier. You can get your questions in every single week uh, as we do these every Saturday. Uh, BWOpodcast.com for all the links to all the shows uh, and everything everywhere pretty much. Make sure... You're in the Discord for the live chat tomorrow night. It is the place to be for Money in the Bank. We will be doing the watch party for the pre-show on Facebook for those that would like to join us for that and watch it all together. Mm. And then we will transition over to Discord for the main show. So make sure you get into the Discord. Links in the description below here on YouTube if you need it or pinned across our social media profiles. It's pretty easy to find, but we everybody is welcome. Come and join us. Uh, BWO podcast over on Twitter and Instagram. And hey, come join us in Facebook too. All links to that over at BWOpodcast.com. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But my God, would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.